Some people love Shakespeare, others not so much. But a Shakespeare adaptation is always a good time. Constellation Theater at 14th and T is featuring a musical called Desperate Measures. It's based off of Shakespeare's play Measure for Measure, but it's set in the Wild West. A gunslinging nun teams up with a sheriff and a saloon dancer to save her brother. Buy tickets now at constellationtheater.org. The show runs through March 17th. Once again, that's constellationtheater.org. Today on CityCast DC, it's almost Halloween, which means it's a good time to tell scary stories or at least to pass along goofy local tall tales. I talked last October with an old pal and expert on DC urban legends, Washingtonians Andrew Bojan. We are rerunning the episode today so you can get yourself up to speed before the 31st. Today is Thursday, October 19th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. Hey, Andrew. Mike, hello. Let's talk urban legends. Oh, man, I am so ready for this. It's Halloween season. I want to know because I'm, I'm, I lack the imagination to make up stories that are good myself. Tell me about Bunny Man. Okay, so I've been thinking about these ghost legends in terms of whether they're like underrated, overrated, or perfectly rated. And for me, Bunny Man is a perfectly rated ghost story. This is a story that takes place in deepest Fairfax, in Fairfax Station. And Where is deepest Fairfax? Anywhere that you can't see from 66. So this is okay. like kind of like between Clifton and Fairfax Station. The story is that around the turn of the century, and I think it's important for a good ghost story to take place at a time that <laughs> nobody actually remembers. But the story- So we're talking is, the turn of the 19th to the 20th century. Supposedly turn of the 20th century, maybe even as old as like the 1920s or 30s because it involves a bus and a, and a lunatic asylum, another key ingredient for a good story. <laughs> but the story is that a bus full of people bound for an asylum in the early 20th century, it crashes and some of the convicts ex escape and all but one of them, a man named Douglas Griffon, are caught and people keep looking for him and the cops are out there, the authorities are out there and a few days later they find a number of like gutted half-eaten rabbits hanging from a bridge in Fairfax Station. And then that Halloween, some teens go out to the area because they've heard about this thing. And then they disappear. And then they're found the next morning, like gutted and hanging from the bridge. Now, there's not very much to this. Like there was apparently not an asylum out there. And the bridge was probably not built by then. But <laughs> and this is where it gets good. In the 1970s, a couple were in their car near the bridge and they, you know, you can probably fill in the blanks about what was happening, but a That's man- That's another standard ghost yes, story of absolutely. Uh, uh, peace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do, you know, do not get busy on Halloween, I think is always like the, uh, <laughs> the lesson here, but they're in their car and suddenly a man in a bunny suit comes out and yells at them. <laughs> The, telling them that they're on private property. And this is the really creepy part. He throws a hatchet through the windshield. And uh, 
And this gets reported in the Washington Post and the people are still around and a reporter visited them a few years ago and they're like, yeah, yeah, that totally happened. Wait, did this couple continue to be a couple? Yeah, they did. It's very um, sweet. Yes, indeed. I mean, well, you know, these are the kind of things that bind people together. And there was another <laughs> sighting of the guy a few weeks later, and that was also reported in the Post. So I think that this is a perfectly rated story. You know, I, I talked to a bunch of tour guides before I got on this call, and one of them was like, this is, you know, it's nice, it's local, it has some depth to it, some mystery. And, and I agree. Like, and if you've ever seen pictures of the bridge, it's super creepy. Also, no one wound up dead. Right. I mean, in the, it's the, just the current day. <laughs> yes. I, well, except, yeah, except for the teens and the rabbits. But, but you know, as far as we know, neither of them existed. Right. Well, that's a very good ghost story. What are some other favorites of yours? Let's effing go here, Mike. Um, <laughs> so I want to start with a seriously underrated one, which is Halcyon House. This is a stately federal style home in Georgetown. It's on Prospect. It's actually, it's quite close to the exorcist steps, but significantly, I interviewed a bunch of tour guides and every single one I talked to said that they were pretty sure that this place is actually haunted. And its key resident is a guy named Albert Clemens, who was related to Mark Twain. And he was a hoarder, he was a recluse, and he supposedly hated electricity. And he was like one of these weird guys who believed that if he kept working on his mortal abode, he would never die. He had a crypt in his basement. He was terrified of being buried alive. And supposedly he had his heart pierced before he was interred. So already you're like, oh, yeah, I'm there with Halcyon House. But here's the thing. So one tour guide tells me that she's actually been haunted by Albert Clemens for about eight years. And he haunts tour guides? He haunts a tour guide. I don't know if it's plural, but so she was leading a tour there and was telling people about sightings of a man in a wide brimmed hat in the window and, you know, talking about how he hated electricity, didn't want it in the house. And then the lamppost behind her starts to flicker and go out. And so far you're like, yeah, whatever. If lampposts go out all the time, but they were walking away. And then one of the kids on the tour pointed up and said, hey, isn't that a noose? in that window and they all look up and there's a noose and then they look up and they see like a man in a wide brimmed hat in the window and they all run away screaming and she's like okay best ghost tour ever you know but ever since then lights have flickered all around her like it never stops she says and so she says that she and albert are just together forever and like she's okay with him says that they're buds now but it is never is it, the flickering has never ended for her. And a couple other tour guides told me they've seen like really weird stuff happening around Halcyon House. This one who says Albert Swither says like it never fails when she is by a lamppost in Georgetown. And she won't lead the ghost tour anymore, by the way. She she stopped doing that. But whenever she's near a lamppost in Georgetown, the lights start to flicker. So I think that one is seriously underrated. So this I, ghost must be very unhappy to know that Housing House is now like a tech accelerator place. Well, you know, the interesting thing about it is it's owned by the same people who own Evermay, if I'm not mistaken, which is a place that's also supposed to be cursed. And the curse is that your family falls apart and the people who bought it immediately got divorced. So I think that there's something there. Are there other like I think of, there's a, other locations that are supposedly haunted, like the Shoreham and the Hay Adams. Yeah, well, I'll give you one that I think is incredibly overrated, and that's the Octagon House. 
That's on New York and 18th, right by the White House. And one of the guides I spoke to called it ghost legends, straight up BS. And there are a few places called Octagon House around the country. And if you look at them, the legends are all very similar. But here's an example of one of the legends of the Octagon House in D.C., which was built by a guy named Colonel John Taylor, who was just a typically like awful and mediocre person who thrived in the in the <laughs> at the turn of the 19th century. So the legend is that one of his daughters and Taylor argued about this British army officer that she had an affair with during the war of 1812 and during the argument she falls down the stairs and dies. So you're like, oh, "Okay, that's pretty good and creepy, but the thing is, the British were here for 2 days." <laughs> There was really not time for this young woman to uh, develop such an attachment. And and the other thing is that she was probably six years old at the time. You know, I know that times were different back then, but <laughs> I find this one just doesn't really stand up. And, oh, and here's the best part. The family wasn't even in town because the British were there. Maybe the family was on vacation in London. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> and maybe maybe the young woman aged 20 years during that trip. I know traveling was kind of a hoary experience then. So maybe it works that way. But I, I just don't think that the Octagon House is all that haunted. The brand new Arbor at Tacoma is built for your most convenient urban living. Whether you want to enjoy the vibrant Tacoma, D.C. community or comfortably retreat into a sleek sanctuary all your own. The kitchens have striking dark navy and white cabinets, and throughout the home, there are wood floors and smart home technology. Some homes even have a private outdoor space. With a quick walk to the metro, you can easily head into downtown or stay close and enjoy the retail that's on site. Located at 218 Cedar Street Northwest, the Arbor Tacoma offers brand new one and two bedroom condos starting in the upper 300,000s. Visit thearborattacoma.com for more information. That's Tacoma with a K. So T-H-E-A-R-B-O-R-A-T-T-A-K-O-M-A.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. What other spots are haunted, spooky, legendary, urban legendary? Yeah, okay. I mean, the U.S. Capitol... I'm kind of torn mm -hmm. on this one, but I think I'm going to go with perfectly rated on the U.S. Capitol because there's a tour guide that a few people I spoke with respect, and I haven't been able to get in touch with them to verify this, but I've heard it from enough people that I feel okay talking about it. Supposedly saw John Quincy Adams in the house chamber there. So John Quincy Adams, the thing is that he died on the floor of the Congress. Exactly. And I think for a, a good ghost story, you have to have somebody with unfinished business, right? Even those of us who don't believe in ghosts, you kind of do a little bit when it's dark and scary out. And the explanation that somebody has unfinished business is like, it kind of holds water, right? 
Right. So Quincy Adams was like in baying against slavery. That was his thing after he was president when he was in Congress. Yeah. So that one's good. I've got another one that's kind of like that. So uh, Foxhall Manor. What's that? Up on uh, Dumbarton. This is underrated. So the story is that it was owned by a family who had a nanny for two generations who insisted that lights need to be out at 10 p.m. So she dies. And I think it was before like widespread electricity. So let's say early 20th century. And then every night at 10 p.m., a breeze blows through and blows out all the candles. And then when DC gets electrified, the same thing happens with radio and TVs and lights. Then, in the 1970s, the time that all ghost stories in Washington turn <laughs> off, only a housekeeper is home. And there's a knock at the door, and it's an old woman. And she says she's forgotten something, that she used to live there. And the housekeeper's like, no, you can't come in. Like, that's crazy. And the woman is just really agitated and barges past her. And she runs upstairs and the housekeeper runs after her to try to, you know, stop her from running through the house. And she looks around. She says, oh, I guess the children are all gone. My job is done. And she leaves. And this 10 p.m. thing that has been happening for decades that the owners of the house, every subsequent owner has called the 10 p.m. ritual, stops cold. It never happens again. And... The reason I like this one is not only is it's a good story, and I think it kind of passes the goosebump test, mm -hmm. but the woman that told it to me, the tour guide who leads ghost tours there, says she's had a lot of neighbors come by and corroborate it. And, you know, often people don't really like being on ghost tours, and they don't like ghost tours coming by their houses. But I think the fact that people in the neighborhood are still kind of excited about this one speaks well of it. And people say they remember the lights going out at 10 p.m. every night. Do you believe any of these urban legends? Which is the one you're most likely to believe? Well, I think it probably depends on what time of night it is. <laughs> right now, the sun's out. I, I don't believe any of them. But <laughs> okay. I think, like, ask me if I believe in uh, Halcyon House, you know, at midnight, I probably uh, turn the dial up on, on uh, both of those. I've lived in a bunch of cities. You have too. Do you think DC is like a particularly spooky place? No, I don't think so. And I think that's why the ghost stories here are kind of more resonant. You know, I think if you live in a place like Boston or New York, you have like a real head start on ghost stories. And that's why they're kind of a dime a dozen. But the ghost stories here, because it's a place that people have come to for work for years that it's you know famous transient city and you can come here and learn about the legends and then go leave i think that that's why the ghost stories here they're not as many but they stick mm. well that's like on the other hand because there's more transients they're not passed from generation to generation in the same way one thing I always think of as like particularly good fodder for ghost stories about Washington is that we've got this like elaborately and ornately designed street grid and you can believe conspiracies about, you know, at a certain angle of intersection or the reason the circles were placed in a certain way is uh, to send a celestial signal or that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And like there's also um, supposedly you can see a pentagram if you view it from above. 
which is cool. I mean, that's really metal. The city was laid out by a Motley Crue fan. Absolutely. Yeah. Too fast for love is like, you know, that, that's, that should be on the DC flag, man. Andrew, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Come back soon. Anytime, Mike. And before you go, here is some quick news. DC's Emergency Rental Assistance Program has stopped accepting applications for help just 10 days after it started taking them again. The reason, they say, is high demand. That's the same reason the program stopped taking applications earlier this year. Because budget money is apportioned quarterly, it means they will start taking applications again on January 1st. Also, the D.C. Board of Elections hack earlier this month actually impacted fewer than 4,000 records instead of the originally suspected 600,000 lines of data. Investigators have determined that hackers accessed voter records from 2019 through early 2022. When the review is completed, they say they will reach out to folks who were victimized. And finally, get excited! This week, you may get on and off your red line trains just a little bit faster. Metro is beginning to certify some operators to use Metro's automated doors function. When the function, which is called auto doors, is on, it means that trains don't have to wait for the driver to manually open the doors. This can mean less awkward time waiting for doors to open after the train has pulled into the station. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why don't you carve CityCast's name into the novelty gravestone you put on your yard for Halloween? And don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Uh, tell me about the Snallygaster. The Snallygaster? Mike, we did not talk about the Snallygaster. <laughs> Can we talk about something else first?